welcome to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, And join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, one of 30 episodes you'll be getting across November 2021 for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Charlotte. And today I am talking to a wonderful bunch of women who all met in, quite frankly, the worst of circumstances. Alison, Carol and Jules all became friends after their husbands were diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and they found each other via the Pancreatic Cancer UK forum. Jules takes up the story first, then you'll hear from Carol before finally hearing from Alison. And you won't be surprised to hear, you don't hear very much from me in this episode. We all found ourselves in the same situation at about around about the same time. And you, you're once you're the person has been diagnosed, you're looking for information and help. So you, you Google like you do, and it was just what I would have done without that forum. I, I don't know. It was quite interesting how it, I think we all joined at, at various points in the course of and that would be 2012 going into 2013 as each of our husbands were diagnosed. And for a while, I don't know what the others were like, but certainly I kind of stood on the edges and and, and watched as other people posed questions on the forum until you pluck up the courage to actually um, put something down yourself. And it was, as Jill says, that a lot of it was getting advice from other people who were going through the same thing. And then as the situation progressed, certainly with for me anyway, as it became clear that Clive's um Clive's condition was terminal, that um it was also the support from people who knew exactly how you were feeling. Um and somehow or other there was I think there were seven of us who connected somehow. Lots and lots of people used that forum. But we seven somehow found ourselves, I guess, in conversation more with each other than with other people. Um, and it's one of those curious things because we're all from very different backgrounds and different parts of the country. But there was something that just 
connected us and the, the, our conversations flowed much easier than perhaps with other people in the forum. Yeah, I, I was a bit like Carol. I kind of sat on the sat in the background kind of watching the forum and you're just so desperate for, well, it's not even information. It's it's kind of everything. It's just so desperate to know that other people are are like you and, you know, wanting to know what's happening to them that you kind of, you'll pick, there's so many threads on the forum and you'll, there'll be a few that you just keep going back to, to see what's happening. And then you, you kind of, you see that somebody else's journey is, I suppose, progressing in the same way, or somebody else has had that treatment or somebody else is asking the same questions. And it's just, and I, it was timing for us, wasn't it? Because they were all diagnosed a similar kind of time. And then the decline all happened at a similar kind of time. So they actually all died within a, a short time frame of each other. It was only a couple of months, wasn't it, start to finish. So I think that brought us together as well because we were all then in that horrible next stage, if you like, together. And I guess I can't remember when in the equation we stopped talking on the forum and started to talk outside the forum. I really can't remember how that happened, but it just sort of progressed because I think you get to the point when when you go onto the forum and when you've then lost that person, you, in lots of ways, I think a lot of us continued to go on the forum for a little while, but I found it quite difficult after a little while to go on there. So I wanted to move away, but I still wanted the support from the other girls, if that makes sense. So, I can't, But I can't remember how it happened. Yeah, my my daughter posted a lot at first because her background is in pharma. So she was quite, well, very useful to me. And then as time progressed, she sort of dropped off the forum and, and I got more into it and got to know these women more. And I think what you're saying, Alison, I think once we'd sort of like become friends, I think we friended each other on Facebook, didn't we? And then we got a, a chat going on Facebook uh, and it developed from there. But I did continue to use the forum, I would say, at least for about two years afterwards. I didn't post very much, but there were people on there that were ill during the time that our husbands were ill. So I, w I was trying to kind of support them as well, as much as you could do, and see how they were doing. But, I mean, sadly, in time, those those people left us as well. And that slow, slowly, by time, I just didn't go on the forum anymore. I think you probably went on it for the longest, Jules, of all yeah, the ones, I yeah. would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I really admired you for that because I found quite quickly after Clive died that I couldn't because I felt it... Um, you knew what the outcome was going to be for the vast majority of people who posted on the, the forum. And they were in the same situation as we were. They were desperate for some encouragement, desperate for some sliver of hope. And you knew deep down what the outcome was likely to be. And I found that really difficult. But you were great. You you carried on for quite a while, didn't you? Yeah, well, the, the, some, of, some of the people on there, they were, they were still full of hope and... You know, that's all you've got really in that situation. And you were getting, you know, some were going to see Professor Lean at Princess Grace. And all, all he could all he could do was wish them luck and, you know, tell them they were doing great. And they were for quite a long time. But like you say, it does it does get more difficult, so mm. 
but when I look back, I don't think, I mean, you know, that was like you say, end of 2012, well, 2013 and they all you know they all died at the the later stage of 2013 but I don't think any of us ever would have anticipated that all these years later we'd still be in contact but just you just it's mind-blowing really that you meet people on a forum that are like like Carol says completely different backgrounds from all over the country literally all over the country and somehow and obviously there were seven of us and that's gradually kind of weaned down a little bit but you know we met up and we just yeah it's 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 a strange thing really that we have and then we have the most bizarre conversations you know most of it is but we do don't we but most of it is you know we have that whatsapp group and it can go quiet for weeks can't it and then suddenly somebody will put something on it and we just chat again yeah, and yeah. then we, and then we try to arrange other meetups and it's like herding cats Sometimes yes, it is, but then, but then New Year's Eve we spent together, didn't we? This New Year's Eve we spent virtually together, which was just, yeah, yeah. We were all locked in our houses, so we couldn't go anywhere. So we did quizzes and drank a lot, from what I remember, virtually. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time we met up in person, um, what would it would it have been maybe about a was it as much as a year after our blokes died? Would it have been? I think it was about a. It was November. It was November twenty fourteen. Oh, that would be a year then. Yeah, so it was about yeah. a year. And we spent about. all of the you know, the the time before that we'd been having regular WhatsApp discussions about oh everything. But the first time we met as a group was in was in London and I remember and we were all meeting up then Kathy was hosting it she's never she hasn't offered to do it again since I think it was just too much for her <laughs> but I, do you know, I, the, the thing I really remember is uh, my my kids were uh, well they'd have been 14 then wouldn't they if that was 2014 I've got twins and I remember both of me both of them saying to me but you don't know these women, Mum. You've never met them before. Is this such a good idea? You know, <laughs> and it was such a role reversal because this is what you say to them. You know, don't trust people you've met online because you really don't know what they're like. And there was a bit of trepidation, I must admit, when I walked into the restaurant and you lot were already sat there, and I couldn't actually, for a second, figure out who was who. You know, because obviously we all knew names, and I had a vague idea what everybody looked like. But I think I spoke to Jules thinking she was Karen that, that day. Um, and it took me a while before I, I realised I'd got it all confused. But that, that I think that weekend sealed it for me. I realised then, I think I knew then we were going to be friends for life. I'd forgotten that actually because I came for the two nights and I'd met Kathy once. We'd just met for an afternoon several months before that and both I mean my kids are the same age as Carol's and both of them are going so you're going to London on the train where are you meeting them I was going oh I I just got to text them when I get to Paddington and they were like but you don't know who they are you don't know where you're staying (laughs) they could be my daughter was going but they could be murderers how do you even know that they're a real person it could be any it was really like yeah but like Carol says it's bizarre you would never say to your kids yeah just go on a train and meet these people online that you've been talking to on a forum for the weekend (laughs) very strange what was that first weekend like then meeting up together because i'm guessing only a year after you've you've lost your husbands lots of emotions must be going through i'd love to know a little bit more about about what it was like for for you all 
I think it was, we laughed a lot, but there were, there were tears and there were laughter. But the lovely thing was, because I can remember on the Friday night, which was the first night, so we weren't all there then. So there was me, you, Kathy, and June, I think, Jules, yeah, were yeah. in Kathy's house. We got pizza, I remember yeah. that. And it was just, it was so, we, we were just genuinely... June showed us a tights. <laughs> That's right. There was lots of laughter and things, but I can remember that we'd just be having a conversation and then, I don't know, somebody would just get upset. And But it was just it was just fine. We just kind of acknowledged it and it was just so easy because you didn't have to feel that you couldn't be upset. You didn't have to, and neither did you have to feel like you had to say something to make somebody feel better because we all knew what it was like so we all knew that you could just go with it and that was fine and you didn't even have to give permission to each other to be upset and then an hour later it might have been somebody else that was upset it was just really easy from that point of view yeah I think we each told our we each told our own story I think didn't we like a an, an abridged version kind of thing and it was nice yeah it sounds like cliched, but it, it was laughter and tears, wasn't it, basically? And eating and drinking. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Lots> of that. <laughs> but I remember saying to somebody, um, I had some grief counselling after Clive died and somebody asked me, um, did it help? And I said, well, it did help, but it did feel as though what I was paying for was an hour where I could cry without feeling embarrassed, uncomfortable, without thinking I put somebody else in an uncomfortable situation. And that's what being with the girls is like. And that that weekend in particular, you could tell a bit of your story and you could break down and nobody would look away or feel uncomfortable. You didn't think you were spoiling the atmosphere because two minutes later, we'd all be howling at laughter with something, about something mad. So it, it was its own kind of therapy, I guess. We didn't have to pay for it apart from the booze. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Would therapy have been cheaper? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. And I guess as well, there's that whole thing of it being okay to laugh again as well. You're not having to excuse yourself for laughing. I because I, there's that there's that guilt when you're around other people as well that you know you should still be wearing black. You should have a veil, a black veil across your face. You should be wailing because because you you know your husbands have died. Actually, there was there was a situation on the forum, and I remember I don't know whether it was Jenny, what, but the PC nurses came on onto the chat we were having, and were saying this is brilliant that you're laughing, and you know but I think it was. Um, was it Karen going on holiday with Bob or something like that? They were going abroad and I was saying, no mankinis, please, and, you know, all the rest of it. And we were, we were just laughing about, you know, what it was going to be like kind of thing. But I, I thought it was kind of nice that the nurses came on, more or less saying, you know, it's okay to laugh even though you're going through a tough time. I think I think you need to laugh, don't you, to, to release the stresses and strains really and I think all of us have said at some point you know probably late at night after quite possibly we've had a drink or whatever but all of us have at some point said it's strange because we've got this incredible friendship that and we wouldn't you know we wouldn't want to have gone through what we've gone through but we would never have met each other ever had we not gone through it we just wouldn't that's the only thing that is the only connection we had and although we changed what happened, it's that's the real positive that we've got this friendship. And we've all got our own 
the other thing is we've all got our own friendship groups we've all got our own support networks but there's nothing this is completely unique and there's probably things that I've said to the girls that I haven't said to my best friends or my family that they wouldn't know that that's what I thought because it's completely safe I know it sounds a cliche but it is like a completely safe space that you can say whatever you like and you know particularly about that loss and that grief and no you're not judged you just you can just you can be completely honest and you don't have to worry like if you say it to like my mum for example you know my mum doesn't live anywhere near me but she'd always phone and you know how are you and things and half the time I didn't tell her how I was because I didn't want to make her worry but I didn't do Mm -hmm. that with this lot I'd just tell them (laughs) because they they were dealing with their own stuff but I could tell them I didn't have to protect them a funny thing is when when we're away together or in a pub or a restaurant or something, quite often somebody will say, oh, you know, oh, you're all together having a good time. How did you meet? And we all kind of look at each other. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, every, but, every, yeah, but everybody's always, wow, that's fantastic. You know, we tell them. And they, they, they say, what a brilliant thing. We were in, uh, we, were, we had a weekend in, Northumberland, um, Jules and June and I and Jules. Was that there? No, that wasn't Northumberland. I think that was Anstruther when we all went to Anstruther together. You were there, Alison, as well, and Karen. And Jules and I went to get some food in first, went to Marks and Spencer's to get some shopping in for the weekend. And as we're at the till having our shopping um, put through, the, the woman asked it that question. She must have looked at us and thought, because of the accents that we clearly, you know, don't come from the same area, and said, uh, and we were obviously going to, she said, oh, you're away for a weekend, I can tell. I think it was the number of bottles of wine that we had in the basket. Um, uh, you know, where are you going? How do you know one another? And Jules and I just went, you, for that split second, do you think, shall we tell them the truth? <laughs> or shall we make some, because it gets a bit complicated and it's a bit. Yeah. And we yeah. ended up telling, we said, well, actually, we met, through our, our husbands were ill and died of the same cancer. And it turned out that lady's sister, was it her sister, was going through the same thing. And I think her brother-in-law had just been diagnosed. Um, so we were recommending the use of the forum and, and, and various other ways that she could be supported. But it was quite a strange thing to happen at Marks and Spencer's um, till point. But we got asked that when we went to the when we went to Belfast. Do you remember us three went and did the park run? Oh yes. And then afterwards yes. we had a cup of tea, and a woman asked us then. She said, "Oh, how you know? We said we were visiting for the weekend, or wherever you all come from." Well, you you put the, like Carol says, there's that split second where you kind of look at each other and think, "Oh, do we just tell <laughs> do them, we? or what do we say?" Because you know, because they don't people don't really quite know what to say when you go. Well, actually, we're from all over the place, and all of our husbands have died. Because it's a bit of a bizarre thing to say to somebody. Isn't it? But yeah, there she and you know she took it really well. And uh, but you think that's a bit bizarre. Where there we all were doing the park run in Belfast. Like you do. Yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned about how you know it is a unique setup. How do you think you would have got through the last seven years? Obviously, you would have got through the last seven years. But how important having each other to get through those last seven years has it been? Would you say very? Yeah, I don't know how I'd put it into words. To be honest, Charlotte, because it has just been massive and there's been times when you just are having the worst possible day and you'll just post something you know like 
this is awful, I'm having a really bad day. And immediately you'll get a response from somebody. And it just makes, because it is so unique. And yeah, you can just be honest. And, you know, I probably wouldn't text, I probably wouldn't text my best friend at at 11 o'clock at night and go, God, I'm having the worst possible day because of whatever. She's done, they've, you know, my other friends have done different things, but it's a totally, it's so unique. It's just been massive. It's just, yeah, massive. It's really hard. It's hard to overestimate it, actually. It's just, it just, for me, it always felt like um, the whole experience is such a scary, terrifying, desperate situation. And with the group, I never felt alone. And that's the difference, that I knew there was a group of women out there who understood exactly how I feel, who have gone through more or less what I've gone through in different uh, different variations. You know, Alison's children, same age as mine, I could speak to her about concerns that I had um, with my two. Um, so it's just all that sense of you're not on your own here and you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. And, and I think, um, I think again, when we have our short breaks together as well, inevitably at some point during that short break, we'll go back to not talking about how we first met, but experiences that we had, it will come up in conversation again. And, you know, so I think you've always got to be talking about it, not all the time, obviously, but, you know, grief, you know, it's not something you do and then it's packed. There's no time limit. So I think it helps with that, that you can still eight years on, you know, have little chats about it. And like Alison says, you, you're, not ju- you're not judged for it. And everybody will say, oh, well, yeah, such and such, you know, this is how I felt or whatever. So I like the face-to-face meetings because, I mean, we, we go into so many different subjects as well and stories about each other, which are unrepeatable sometimes. But... We have actually on those away times got to know each other better every time, I would say. We know all the secrets and where the bodies are buried. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much to Alison, Carol and Jules for sharing their stories and giving me a laugh along the way too. Please share this podcast, leave us a review and a rating as well, because that really helps get this podcast in front of more eyes and more ears. We're here every day in November because we want to raise awareness of pancreatic cancer. You can find out more at purplerainbow.co.uk. And of course, don't forget, there will be a brand new episode tomorrow.